0: Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you live from the Temporary Drunk Gossip Studios here in Detroit. And, as always, this, I, this is going to be a long episode. It's, I guess, Motivation Monday or something. <laughs> um, but, oh boy, this weekend was full of really heady gossip. And I cannot wait to bring it to you guys. It has been one of those weekends where people just went batshit crazy. Um, we're going to talk about the Scarlett Johansson stuff probably in the last segment, so stay tuned for that. But right now, we're going to bring in an update to a story that we co- we've been covering extensively. The Taylor Swift-Scooter Braun feud. Now... There are some people who, um, you know, we've talked about how it's dividing the music industry. And as she has often in the past, Kelly Clarkson is taking the side of the recording artist. She is taking Taylor Swift's side over the producer. Um, Kelly, of course, is no stranger to having issues with producers. She infamously feuded um, with Clive Baker, I think that's his name, um, over the direction of her her career, including um, songs for Breakaway. Um, There were some that she really didn't want to record that he basically forced her to. Um, And there were songs where she refused the songwriting credit, even though she deserved one. Because she was forced to work with uh, Dr. Luke. And she, she forwent millions and millions of dollars in royalties because of this. For standing up for what she believed is right. So once again, she is standing up for what she believes is right. Um, and she tweeted her support for Taylor Swift to much, much admiration. She wrote, At Taylor Swift... Just a thought: You should go in and re-record all the songs that you don't own the masters on exactly how you did them, but put brand new art and some kind of incentive so fans will no longer buy the old versions. I buy all the new. All, I would buy all the new versions just to prove a point. Now, this is not the first time this has been suggested. Um, we don't know the terms of her contract, so. It may not be something that she's actually able to do. Um, you know, we have... We have no idea what the contract stipulates. Um, there are some people within the legal sector that say, Hey, um, you know, that sounds really cool and all, but... You know, maybe perhaps she's not going to be able to do that. Um... Because there could be a a term limit on how long she has to wait to re-record the old material, um, or what she can actually do with it. There are other things that she can do to really make Scooter's life hell, though. And this seems to be where, um, at least currently where she's heading, um... Because she's a songwriter, she has to give consent for everything that is done with them. Putting them on a a new um, CD, using them in commercials, um, so far and so forth. Um, And if one party consents and the other doesn't, then it can't happen. Now, as many other people have said, financially and commercially speaking, this could be shooting herself in the foot. Um, Because, you know, some of her older songs, some of her classics are really popular, really in demand. And people may not be incentivized enough to... Just listen to the new stuff. But, and you knew there was a butt coming. Or at least you should have known there was a butt coming. I think it's entirely possible that she's just petty enough and she's just powerful enough within the music industry to get Scooter Braun to do exactly what she wants him to do. Of course, this is a big story. Um, it's been going on for about two weeks now. We're gonna continue to cover it as new developments happen. But for right now, I'm gonna take a break and I'm gonna be right back. And I'm back. And Channing Tatum has gone down lost his damn mind. He went on this, over the weekend, he went on for this really weird rant on Twitter. About the app Pattern. Um, Pattern is categorized as a social media platform that is designed um, as a personality app for, um, for people to use and have fun. And I don't know what... Well, we do know what's it chanting off, but this really bizarre rant would have been even worse if he weren't good looking, or if he had, if he was high or drunk. It doesn't seem like he was either one of those things. Although I'm sure Um in the future that's what's going to be blamed. Because that's what's always blamed in these situations. Um But anyways, um, he went on this really weird rant and here is, here is what he said. Just so you can get an idea of how bizarre this really was. I don't know if I'm late to this or if I'm early to this, but what is this pattern shit? It's an app. I just downloaded it. It just asked me to put in my birthday and time of birth. By the way, how are you supposed to know your time of birth? Okay, I don't know about everyone else, but my parents told me my time of birth. I was born January 10th at 8.31 in the morning. I didn't know that this was a controversial thing. I didn't know that parents didn't tell you the time that you were born. That seems like one of those things that is just floated out there. You know what I mean? Like, oh, by the way, it's your birthday and this is the time of day you were born. That's actually literally how the conversation went for me. Because I would start celebrating at midnight. And my parents were always were my parents were always like, hey. You know, technically speaking, you don't turn a year older until 8.31 a.m., which doesn't seem like a big difference, but to them, it meant a lot. I don't know why. Um, (laughs) anyways, so Channing continued his bizarre little rant. and said that he was in the therapy session. Yeah, I'm in therapy. Everybody should be in therapy. And following his appointment, he allegedly got a notification that quote-unquote used the exact words we were using in therapy. Are you listening through the phone pattern? AI, the algorithm algorithm that is pattern. are you listening through the phone and just regurgitating the stuff I'm afraid of? And then he ended his little rant by asking the pattern people to call him. You know what pattern people, you should just call me. That's what should happen right now. You should just DM me. If you know so much, if you know so much, you know how to get in touch with me, don't you? So just do that. It was not immediately clear whether the pattern people actually reached out to him. But this was bizarre. Even by Hollywood standards. Like. Like I said, I'm pretty sure that he, he's going to blame drugs or alcohol for this. Um, if, if there's too much backlash. But this was Weird. There's also a very good chance that this was actually a um, there there's a chance that this was a very um bizarre or weird or untraditional i'm I'm looking for all the words that I can make this um um product placement. You know, celebrities are always paid to do these, so maybe this was a like a product placement advertisement or something. I don't know. But what I do know is I'm gonna take a break and I'm gonna be right back. And I'm back. And the Nipsey Hustle death just took a very bizarre turn. It seems as though the LAPD had been investigating him well, investigating his business, not him necessarily um for gang activity. Now here's the thing. Nipsey by and large was anti-gang. He did a lot to um combat it and make sure that everyone was okay and safe and um, that no one was harmed. So, it came as sort of a surprise when the LAPD said that they were investigating his businesses. Specifically, um, there was... um his clothing store and um a cell phone store um and a barbershop now according to LAPD and other sources Nipsey Hustle himself was not part of the investigation he was actually helping with it his business associates were Part of the investigation. And it was almost just kind of like Nipsey was just there. Um, And the really strange thing is. That at one point. There was a 30 day notice. For Nipsey and his associates to vacate the strip mall where his businesses were. Um, one of the associates... Um, Nipsey's brother, Sa- Samuel Ash- Ashton, told a crowd... I don't know if anyone knows this, but we had a 30-day notice and they were... Kicking us out of all the businesses we owned in the lot, and then the landlords allegedly said, "At this point, if you guys are still interested in buying the lot, you know, rather than kick you, kick you guys out, we're willing to sell it to you." Again, I, you know, the the cell phone and the barbershop seem to be um, the targets of the investigation. Which isn't really that surprising, given that cell phone stores and barbershops are fronts for money laundering uh, and other illegal activities. I can tell you, having lived in Harlem for five years... These places, I mean, some of the places probably are really legit, and you really can walk in and get your hair cut for most of them. But there are also quite a few that all they do is sit around and talk with friends and whatever all day, and, you know, which is their prerogative. Especially if they're not busy, Lord knows, we did that a lot when I worked a traditional job. But, um, it's really weird how some of them stay open because they always have—they're always packed with friends, laughing and joking. I went in to get my haircut one day um, at my usual barber, and there were just bottles and bottles and bottles of, of liquor strewn about. Like it was a club and not a barber shop. In some places those just seem to be a really, really shady place to to be. Um You know, it's it's one of those things where you it's one of those things where you you just get that vibe off of the off of the place right when you walk in that's why I will only go to a t-mobile store itself I will not go to um, another place like that but I'm gonna take a break I'm not going to T-mobile I'm just gonna take a break and I'm gonna be right back and I'm back and this is either going to be really great news or really train wrecky news. I haven't decided quite yet. Lindsay Lohan is set to be a judge on the Australian version of The Masked Singer. And. Unlike um, Some people were already, already up in arms. Because they're like Lindsay Rohan, blah, blah, blah. What does she know about music? To be fair, not only does she currently have a recording contract. But. She's had at least one hit in the past. Um, I, there's another one, but I think that can be debated whether or not that could be considered a hit. But. On top of all of that... There is also... There is also the... Um, very interesting... Very... Um, fun fact... That The Masked Singer does not require... All of the judges to be in the recording industry. Um, It's not American Idol. Or The Voice. This is more of a fun, poppy, blind item, guess who the celebrity is type of thing. You know, it's honestly... um, Like... The craters were like, hmm. We love blind items. Let's set it to music, and they made a, a musical blind item show. <laughs> but so, for those of you who don't know the concept, basically, celebrities dress up in these ridiculous outfits. Not not outfits, costumes. And they give a couple clues about themselves, and then after they after the they perform, the judges will guess on who they are, and I guess also judge them. I'm not sure how that works, but at the end of each episode, at least one celebrity is eliminated or what they call unmasked, and then you find out who they were. And at the end, someone wins. I don't... I think they win money for charity or something. I don't know. I I, I honestly never watched it because it didn't appeal to me. But the American judges are Jenny McCarthy, Robin Thicke, um, Kim Jong, and I forgot who the fourth one was. Um, But the point is, I mean, Jenny McCarthy has never... Released or had a recording contract, so released the song or had a re- recording contract that is so um, I, I'm pretty sure Kim Jong hasn't either um, so you don't necessarily for the Ma- the mass star or the mass singer rather, you don't necessarily need to be a a singer. Lindsay will be joining um Danny Minogue, who is Kylie Minogue's sister, um Jackie O. And comedian Dave Hughes. Um at the judge's table for the Australian version of The Masked Singer. And Here's the thing. Like, people are are already speculating that this is going to be a train wreck. Given Lindsay's past check record. Um, I think the movie was called, like, Georgia Rules. um, The movie she did with Jane Fonda. And allegedly, Jane Fonda went off on her and said, Hey... You need to be grateful. You you got paid millions and millions of dollars to do a movie... For which you only have to work a couple of weeks. You stop this... You know, and do your fucking job. And Lindsay did not take kindly to that allegedly. However, the people over at MTV... Really, we're trying to find a way to bring back her reality show um, about the Mykonos Club. So I think that there's definitely a chance that um, she's realizing her career is, is really drying up and she needs to do something to keep it going. We're going to keep an eye on this, but for right now, I'm going to take a break, and I'm going to be right back. And I'm back. So, one of the things that I've been struggling with a little bit is quantity over quality. Does being a prolific writer make you sell more? Clearly, if you're an article writer, um, it will definitely, definitely help you earn more money. Because obviously, the more you write, the more, um, the more you write, the more you are going to make. But when it comes to like book sales and whatnot, does quantity or quality matter more? If you look at the Brandon Sanderson model, he writes really long books, and he's also putting out two or three a year, so he's very, very prolific. In those terms, Um, I'm currently reading The Way of Kings based on Will's suggestion. And um, it's 1,200 pages. And obviously, The Way of Kings is a, I don't want to say an older book, but it it is definitely not a recent release. But I I went to the bookstore and I was checking out the Sanderson section... And he has quite a few books out with more coming out this year. Um, I th- he's already released one this year, I believe, and I believe there's one or two more um scheduled for release. Um, or you look at James Patterson, who is releasing a book a month, and that's not an exaggeration. Um, Patterson is literally um, putting out at least one book a month, sometimes upwards of two or three. And, you know, it really got me into thinking, as an indie writer, what really matters more? Um, there's a fabulous group on... Facebook called 20 to 50k which is basically um you need to release 20 books, novellas or short stories to start bringing in $50,000 annually in royalties. Now that seems like a lot. And it kind of is. But it also kind of, it makes a lot of sense. And it's one of those things where until you start bringing in money, you probably should keep your day job. Thankfully my day job is writing, so. Um, but you know, we we look at it and the advice on there is it's just so phenomenal. And there are so many talented writers who are freely giving advice to people like me who are, are just coming up, who just you know yes I've re- technically I've released one two three, technically I've released three books. Um, I'm part of an anthology. Um, and I'm working on becoming part of a couple more anthologies. Uh, Will is working on becoming part of some anthologies. So, you know, how do you really, how do you really, really start to figure out how to do all of this? You know, what is, what is the way that you make your determination of, Quantity over quality. Or can it be both? And here's where I'm falling. I Like I told you guys before, I have like four or five manuscripts on my computer right now. They just need some polishing and I could blast those out and probably get... Um, I could probably get some... Some additional revenue coming in, and I'm probably I'm, I'm definitely going to do that at at some point. I just need to sit down and make sure that those are polished enough. Um, there are some uh, there's at least three action books, which thrillers are always always in style. Let me just say that up front: um, thrillers, adventure. Always in style. Um, they will... <clears throat> they want less salt. There's a... There's a short little... Um, action romance... Novella... That I've... I, I've been working on editing. Um, there is... a. There's a nonfiction book or two that I've really worked on um, trying to um well the, the the one nonfiction book is called Hashtag Your Way to Success. And Amazon has just been so douchey about that, like I I actually had to go through the process of copywriting it. Um, with, with the copyright office, which is not something that you normally have to do once you write something, um, the copyright is yours. And, you know, after, after, even after all that, they still haven't let me release it yet, which means I'm going to probably have to change, um, some of the, uh, some of the content because times are changing, so what's gonna be volume one should have actually been volume two in the hashtag your ways to success, um series, but we'll push on. <laughs> uh, actually, I one hundred percent honesty here, I was actually hoping. I could get hashtag your Way to Success um, to be a textbook um, or a book that people who who are learning social media advertising learn. And speaking of speaking of advertising, look like how I segue right into that, a lot of people, there's a very strong contingent of people who say it doesn't matter. How fast you write, how prolific you are, or even how good the book is. If you can advertise it right and hit the right market, it's going to continually continually sell no matter what. And as proof of this, they point to... E.L. James, whose Fifty Shades of Grey um, became a phenomenon. It entered the pop culture zeitgeist in a way that only Twilight and Harry Potter had recently. Um, And it really changed the way we view things. But it's terribly written. All three books are horrible. Actually, there's four books now. Um, I've I've only read a couple pages of the first one, but it was just so bad, I had to stop. (laughs) But, you know, with the right marketing and whatnot, E.L. James was actually able to become very 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 wealthy um at her height she was making a million dollars per week off of just the books alone i can only imagine that that number has climbed with the movies and um other merchandise yes there's other merchandise we're gonna talk about that another day for right now though leave me comments on facebook or instagram at author ed anderson or Twitter, at author Ed A, Or leave me an anchor voice message and tell me, quantity or quality? What do you prefer from an author? I'm going to be right back. And I'm back. So. Scarlett Johansson. Uh, we talked about her last week in terms of her relac- relationship with Colin Jost. I don't know why I can't speak today, (laughs) but I want to dig a little bit deeper and, um, not into her relationship, just into her as our final segment for today's episode, because she seems to believe something that really needs to be cleared up, um, A few times, I forgot what the movie is called, and if Will was here, I know he'd be able to tell me. Um, Scarlett Johansson has stepped into roles that have caused controversy. Um, The role I'm thinking of, it was originally um, created for... the, The original character was an Asian woman, and Scarlett Johansson played her... Scarlett Johansson, of course, is a white woman. Now, there was a lot of controversy... about this, because... you know, people get up in arms when... there's a suggestion that... James Bond should be... a black man. Oh, like, you know, the source material says that... James Bond is white... you know, this political correctness bullshit has gone too far. Yet... During, um, during this casting controversy, and, and by the way, the movie failed, which is why I can't remember it at all. Um, but those same people who are saying James Bond is white because of the source material said, Hey, 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 give Scarlett Johansson a chance. You know, she's a good actress and she can pull this off. Okay, Idris Elba is a good actor. Let's give him a chance to pull off James Bond if he so chooses to take on that iconic role. Just saying. Um, But Scarlett Johansson wasn't done with the controversy yet. She had signed on for a movie called Rub and Tug. And this time, the role was... Um I'm. Oh, the the one movie I was thinking of was called Ghost in the Shell, and she was signed on to play Dante Tex Gill in Rub and Tug. And the real life, um, Gill was born as uh, Louise Jean. But she identified it as a man, and people were like, "Hey." You know, that should go to a transgender actor. Chaz Bono is available, people. Why don't we call Chaz? All right, just saying. Um, Well, Scarlett Johansson was interviewed by the Daily Mail, which, by the way, just before I get to Scarlett Johansson... Quote, I'm going to give you a, a Will quote. Will says, British media is the opposite of American media. Americans have great papers and terrible cable. The Brits have great cable and terrible papers. Um, so, um, and that was actually about the Daily Mail. So, just wanted to put that out there. um Scarlett Johansson said to the Daily Mail, "You know, as an actor, I should be allowed to play any person, or any tree, or any animal, because that is my job, and the requirements of my job. I feel like it's a trend in my business, and it needs to happen for various social reasons. Yet there are terms." There are times it does get uncomfortable when it affects the art, because I feel art should be free of restrictions. Now, you can already imagine the backlash that came after she said this. Mostly because right after the transgender... Right after the transgender role controversy... She told people that they could talk to um, Matthew McConaughey, Felicity Huffman, and one other actor's representatives. And, you know, that's just, let's just be honest here, that's just shitty on her part. All right? And as almost every single actor or celebrity does after they realize that they've stepped into a firestorm of shit, Scarlett Johansson tried to backtrack her comments. She, um, she gave a statement to Entertainment Weekly. And said the question I was answering in my conversation with the contemporary artist David Sal was about the confrontation between political correctness and art. I personally feel in an ideal world, any actor should be able to play should be able to play anybody, and art in all forms should be immune to po- political correctness. That is the point I was making, albeit it didn't come across that way. I recognize that in reality there is widespread Discrepancy against my industry that favors Caucasian cisgendered actors, and that not every actor has been given the same opportunities that I have been privileged to. I continue to support and always have diversity in every industry and will continue to fight for projects where everybody is included. And here's the thing, honey. No, you don't. All right. you know If you did you would have taken a different role in Ghost in the Shell Now I get it Scarlett Johansson is a big bold face name and you want a big bold face name especially in a big movie Um, and especially with the Avengers movies, her, her value has gone way, 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 way up. Um, and, and she's one of the very few who has proven she can headline a movie um, that is both franchised and not. Um you know, Lucy is probably one of the most recent classic um action films around um, and she's looking like quite a few other movies and and the truth is she can't actually act. no one's taking that away from her, but the problem is when she when she wants to stretch her wings she's not taking on like you know if she, if it was a British person that she wanted to play, it wouldn't be controversial. Her accent might be really bad. But it would not be a controversial move because it would likely be a white person. And her logic in her logic, she should be able to play Rosa Parks. And that's not okay. You know, or in her logic she should be able to play um Christian Gray. Okay. I would actually pay to see that movie, to be honest. Um, But you know what I'm saying. Her logic is she should be able to play anybody she wants to play. And that's just not the reality of the situation. There are some characters... who are designed one way... you know, because that's how the writer designed them. I don't design my characters... Um, any particular way? Um, you know, I have a vision in my head, but my vision doesn't match everyone else's. In my book, Crazy Rich Homos, I envisioned the main couple, Jeff and Scott, one way, and we'll envision them a completely different way. You know, I give just enough details to to create the picture, but if it ever becomes a film, you know, and Scarlett Johansson says, "I want to play Victoria." More power to you, honey. Do you. Do the character proud. And that's... That's really what this all boils down to. Um, If... If there is something... In the source material... Stick to that. Or talk to the author about it. J.K. Rowling... Oh, I wish I could remember the term that... Will always uses. Um for for jk um I, death of the author or something because she's always seen it. like you want to you want to cast a black reminding she's done with it you want double Door to be a trans a trans woman she will find something in one of the books that supports what you want And that's her prerogative, that's her universe, she has built that up, and honestly, it's a magical world, so you can do whatever you want with it. But, you know, with Ghost in the Shell and and Rub and Tug, uh, especially with Rub and Tug, which was based on a real person, you can't do that. You have to understand that this is not something that you can just wish away because it's inconvenient for your career. These are real people who live real lives, who have real loved ones. And I think Scarlett Johansson really needs to respect that. And I need to respect that it's time for me to go. Thank you all so much for listening as always, and until next time, cheers.